If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And welcome everybody. Oh, oh, Max. You know what? We're going to start right off. Let me introduce right from the get-go. Just one of my favorite dudes I just met today. His name is Mike Geiger. He is the guy that owns all the Moe's Southwest grill in pittsburgh and in erie and he's up here he is dispersing some beautiful uh burritos burritas whatever what do they call them mike what do we got well i got i I can't do anything without starting with welcome to (laughs) moe's you gotta say welcome to moe's that that, that, that's that's the move so wow that was sensational i totally whiffed on that one and i know better i've been there enough times and by the way i will tell you max because you haven't met mike yet I was a little suspicious on how good it could be because the guy is skinny. I mean, you know, you, you don't think somebody from Moe's yeah. Southwest Grill is going to be a lightweight. But he is a lightweight, but wow, not a, he's a heavyweight and good food, let me tell you. Great stuff. And, Max, uh, uh, I, I, I do have to share that everyone's having a little fun at your benefit that they're missing out, that you missed all the, <laughs> all the display we had. We, we launched a, a new protein, a shredded beef birria. Ooh. Birria. Oh, oh, did you hear the little uh, tongue roll? Huh? Yeah, do that. yeah, the, yeah. Gotta roll the R's. Gotta roll the R's. It's delicious. We just uh. started, so uh, so everyone's enjoying it. And uh, you got a special today. Yeah, that- we're all enjoying it, Max. <laughs> it, it, it's been that- so so since it's it's such it's so great. It's so special. It's brand new. We've got it in all of our locations in Pittsburgh and Erie. We decided let's have some fun. It's February first. It's kind of gray and dull outside. Let's be interesting. Every person in Pittsburgh and Erie. Free entree today at Moe's. No charge if you order our new birria. We want you to taste it. We want you to try it. Free birria entree per person all day, February 1st in Pittsburgh. Man, that's sensational. Max, how many birrias do you think you could scarf down? Well, listen, as a a guy that lives in Arizona, Uh I can appreciate a good birria taco. (laughs) Uh, Birria. Birria. (laughs) Birria. Yeah. It's extra tasty for uh, breakfast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. I, I imagine so. I imagine so, guys, as, as I as I eat my Tasmanian cherries. Okay. Um No, I mean I mean it, it's awesome. Are you now here's a question. Are you doing are you dipping the tacos as well, like traditional like birria style, or or do you get you can put it in anything. The beef is, is the birria with the sauce and then you can wrap it up. That's correct. So we it, it's uh slow roasted, it's in a great yeah. broth. Wow. Um but the yeah. other thing that we're doing, uh, we've got these awesome red hard taco shells we bought for the month of February. You know, uh, we wanted to kind of say, you know, a loving thing. But we're rolling those in our hard rock sauce, so it's like six different peppers. It's blazing hot. Wow. So you throw the birria in a blazing hot crunchy shell. and Wow. Legit. You'll be sweating. You'll yeah. be sweating there. No doubt. But it yeah, is I'm delicious. Je- I'm truly jealous. I'm truly jealous. Absolutely. I'm not, not going to lie. I don't, you don't really get jealous. Well, except for when. You know, Caliente's Pizza comes in, and right, now right. Moe's comes in, and, yep. and I don't even get to try it. So, okay. Welcome well, to Moe's, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Moe's. Absolutely. Mike, yeah. I want to thank you for stopping in. Thank yeah, you no, so much. Appreciate, appreciate that, you. That's awesome. Gentlemen, yeah. thanks for having me. Pittsburgh, looking forward to seeing you today. Absolutely. Again, one more time. All day, what? All day, Pittsburgh and Erie, 12 locations. Moe's Southwest Grill, free Birria entree. And you got to say it with a tongue roll, right? You got to get a little. Got to try it. Got to roll the R's. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike Geiger. We Gentlemen, thank you. One of my favorite human beings thank now. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> thank you, brother. Oh. We enjoyed that so much. Oh, what a joy that is. You don't know breakfast yeah. until you come up and, and, and birria out. Birria out, right? I mean, that is just the way to do it. Yeah. That's birria. the way to start it off. Yes. Birria. I, you know, yeah. you know, Max, for all the wonderful weather you got. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and, why and not? Else. Why not? You got hey, to be tortured a little bit. That's how you're going to feel bit. later on today. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you run outside the building. Max, Max, oh, you'll be – you'll, you'll, Six pepper taco. You'll be, you'll be proud of me, Max. When Mike was, uh, was making us our tacos earlier, he was like, hey, we got this, this six pepper, hot pepper shell taco. You want to try it? And I said, Mike – Partner, if it was dinner time, heck yeah, but it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I gotta be careful here. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. We no, nobody, nobody wants a muddy situation uh, going on. Yeah, okay? exactly, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, yes. speaking of, you know, kind of like uh, situations, there was one that occurred the other night in the AFC Championship game, which I thought was funny. We never quite got around to talking about it, but it had to do with Justin Tucker warming up in pregame in the Kansas City Chiefs end of the end zone. And it was just something where Travis Kelsey talked about Justin Tucker poking the bear. You know, Max, come along. Yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes is warming up down around the goal line. And there's there's an A. Uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, kickers have access to both ends of the field, right? Because you need yeah. weather conditions. you got to be able to kick. But the way you got to stay away from the other players. So if Mahomes is there already and warming up, you can't come along and try to pervade his space, even vice versa. I mean, as Pat Mahomes said uh, in post game, he said, "Look at you know, I've been doing this for seven years, and the only times that I've had any problem at all with some kicker was three times in Baltimore, which tells you about it." So I thought it was kind of funny when Travis came over and kind of kicked the tee and kicked his helmet out of the way and everything. Yes. Oh my God, that was funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Hey, you know, here's my thing. You should know better, Justin Tucker, right? Right. You're going into you going into the Kansas City time. This is their dedicated time to warm up, and and you, you're purposely putting stuff in. You're stretching. Like you should have stretched on the on, on your end. By the time you come down there, you should be just kicking the ball. It, it's not a oh, let me limber up here. Let me do some calisthenics. You know, Patrick Mahomes is trying to, is trying to get his reads and his timing down on his throws. He's also got tr- TK down there. Right. Or TKS, Travis Kelsey Swift, um, down there. <laughs> and, Whoa. A little shot. A little shot there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but, I mean, it's, it's how, how are we going to word this? I mean, because we've already got, you know, my one buddy was like, oh, so is this Super Bowl Swifty 8? <laughs> <laughs> so, huh? Huh? Got to yeah. give a shout out to my guy, Keith Reese. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, yeah, but. But yeah, I mean, I mean, where are we at with, you know, that you're, there's a sanctity to it, you know, long gone are the days of Joey Porter where you could stalk the 49.99 yard line, right, and yell at people, yeah, and you could be nose to nose. I mean, kickers kind of get that Switzerland type immunity because they have the kick on both ends, <clears throat> but at the same time, you can't interfere with the other team. Now, you might get some younger dudes that. You know, might count out of that. You know, you might you you might be able to punk a Tua Tonga Vailoa or you know some younger guys in this league, but Pat Mahomes ain't having it, <laughs> and, and this is playoff time, and Travis Kelsey darn sure ain't having it. I mean, as, as evidenced by the fact that he took his helmet, threw his helmet and the balls. And, and listen, if there was anything, if his shoes were off, he probably would have thrown those two. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, I th- I think of all the people to send down as an intimidator, I'm not thinking about my kicker being the intimidator. No, no, I got a, I got a no. big old tight end that can walk over and boop. I noticed that nobody came to Justin Tucker's defense. <laughs> I, yeah, because they were all on their end, like they're supposed to. Be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you got a kicker going to yeah. plant himself right in the middle of where the most famous quarterback in the NFL right yeah. now. Is, is warming up yeah. and, and think, well, you're going to get away with that? You know, I mean, yeah, remember exactly. when, do you remember, did you play against, were you in the era of Vontez Perfect? Yeah, I was I was young Vontez Perfect. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, kicked out of ASU Vontez Perfect. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember yeah. the one game when um, he was, uh, when he ran through the warm-up of the Steelers? Do you remember that? Um, it was in Cincinnati, was, I believe was, it was. Yeah, it was. It wasn't during during my time. But no. Yes, I do remember okay. watching and seeing that. That was right after I left. Okay. Uh, All yeah. right. That's I, I couldn't remember. That's the one problem with getting old like this. You're not sure where you know generations and 
and decades and divisions. Yeah, where they start, and, where they end. It's like, yeah. hey, uh, what yeah. Do we yeah. Have? yeah. Pretty soon, we're, I'll, we're the North. We're not the Central, right? <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay, got it. We're on, we're on, we're on par. <laughs> At some point in time, I'm going to be talking about playing in the AFC North, uh, the AFC North instead of the Central, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. No, you like, weren't man, there. Yeah. That was before. Hey, man, we got, we got the Houston Oilers coming up this week. Wait a second. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. Whoa. Whoa. Time out. Time out. I know you saw some, th- I know you saw some throwback jerseys. Those are in Tennessee, A, and B, uh, they're called the Texans. <laughs> Not a division rival. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, you think about it. Joey Porter. I mean, the two of them, him and, and William Green, you know, going at it. Oh Pre-game. my gosh! Yeah, no, was I was definitely there for that one. Right, right. That was wild. That was wild. That was my that was my second year in the league. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember that one vividly. Do, do you uh, remember watching the, the thing line. as it was getting heated? Yeah, because because I was laying down doing doing toe touches. We're doing okay. the runners the, the runner stretch. Okay, right. And you're just looking forward, and you know Peasy doesn't stretch. You know Peasy's already stretched, so. The only thing that the only thing that he's done is he, he's greased up his abs, you know, Hawaiian right. Tropic style. Right. He has a jersey rolled up so you can count every single one of his six pack, <laughs> um, and he's just walking up and down the line, just barking at everybody. And you're just like, all right, well, there it is. There's the intimidation, the Lawrence Taylor style type of intimidation you're talking about, Wolf. Right? Right. You go up and down. That that was Peasy's job. He it was like a pit bull off the leash, but he had that invisible fence. He wasn't allowed to cross the fifty. <laughs> so <laughs> he's just stalking. And William Green wasn't having it. He walked up. Now they're nose to nose, and I'm like, listen, uh, this is an imaginary line. This is not a real line. <laughs> and William Green found out. That it wasn't a mi- – there's no force field up there <laughs> that protects him from the 50. <laughs> That's right. William Green found out yeah. there was no invisible yeah. dog fence there. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. His head never went across, but his fist definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did that count as a penalty? His, his head, he never stepped over the 50, but his he fist never, came over the The 50. crown of his helmet never broke the 50-yard line, just saying. <laughs> what do we count here? <laughs> I like that. That's great. The fist definitely yeah. went over the 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't oh. count. Those the football wasn't there. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, oh my. Oh, I remember. Oh, and then you yeah. got the the, the Vontez perfect thing. Like, I can't remember anything like that going on in. Uh, but I do remember. You know, uh, was it Dwight White was talking about how in the first Super Bowl against the, the Vikings that they played in, and that they were lined up side yeah. by side in the tunnel, and he he said. <laughs> He said the smack talking that went on. He said we knew we had him beat. We had him beat right there. Just knew that the Vikings were. It was really funny the way he. Oh, you can't. You can't do it justice without Mad Dog telling it because he was just too funny telling it. But he had a uh, former oh, yeah. college teammate in the other uh, on, on the Vikings, and and the guy wouldn't talk to him and stuff like that. And I, I and I think it was either him was it Mel Blunt or no 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 like J T Thomas. That's who it was. J T. And it was really funny listening to him describe how there was this go back and forth and back and forth pregame. And JT said, when when we were in the tunnel, we knew we had the game won. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, l- l- listen, l- there are no friendships when it, co- when it comes to winning <laughs> championships. Like, we, we can be friends before. We can be friends after. We are not going – I don't know you. You are – as Mike Tomlin would say, you're a nameless gray face until the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, absolutely. I, and and I'm and I don't care who I have to step on in the process. I mean, I played a lot of former teammates and friends. Listen, right. after the game, we can get all the photos together we want, <laughs> right? You know, you know. Exactly now now so. it's a jersey exchange, but I'm like, you know, it used to be, hey, we could take a photo, you know. Go find Fabus. Fabus will come t- snap a shot, put it in your locker. You Fabulous know, on Mike Fabus. Yep. God, I miss, I miss Mike. I miss Fabus. Absolutely. But, All right. Um, you know what? We're going to go to break early, yeah. though, Max, because we got the oh, great, right. yeah, the legend, Donnie Shell, coming up at 1020. You don't want to miss this, folks. Donnie Shell, the human torpedo, coming at you from the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas coming up. This
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I love this segment when we bring some of our, our buddies in that we played with, our teammates section. You know, he played 14 seasons, 201 games, 51 career interceptions, five times a pro bowler, <clears throat> three times, excuse me, three times first team all pro, class of 2020, Hall of Fame, and still the NFL strong safety career interception leader with 51. That's Hall of Famer and Steelers Hall of Honor member Donnie Shell. Donnie, welcome, brother. It's great to have you. Hey, Whoopi, how you doing, man? Good to hear your voice, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, exactly so. You're on. You've got Max, and uh, he's in Phoenix right now, so he's coming in also into the locker room here. So he's long distance, but I know he wants to say hi. What's up, Donnie? How we doing? We're doing great, Max. How you doing, man? I'm blessed. I can't complain, sir. Always good to talk to you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I like y'all sponsor too. Here, the Ford F-150. That's my truck. Oh, there you go, man. We're just doing there it. There we go. Yeah. yeah. It, that's a great truck, too. All right, so, Donnie, I got to ask you. When the Steelers were going through their plague on, on the safeties, we lose like three or four safeties. Did the Steelers call you? Now, I know – you know, you're like 70, 71, somewhere in there. But still, you could buckle it up short term, right, buddy? I, I, I can go just on third downs, Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. You know, the thing about it is, Donnie, I, I said there, I go, you're still the strong safety career interception leader with 51, you come from an era, we come from an era, when the quarterbacks were only putting the ball in the air 15 to 20 times a game, and yet here you are still with that interception record. And I remember, was it Cleveland 81 when you had three in one game? Get Zooks, man. Yeah, yeah, that was a great game. Very memorable game for me. I, I just tried to catch the one that's come to you, man. If, if, if you do, you lead the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Go ahead, Max. Now, um, Donnie, you know, <clears throat> I mean, when you kind of assess it, and, and you've had a 14-year career, and, you know, when you look at kind of how a team evolves and changes from year to year, um, you know, you look at what the Steelers are doing, they're, they're going through a change, especially offensively um, with not only coaching, but, you know, there will be the inevitable – um, you know, personnel changes that happen every, that plague every team now with the free agency. Uh, does, how, how, how is it as a leader on a team, how is it to rally the troops and get up for the next season, especially when, you know, the season ends so abruptly for a team trying to make that push? Yeah, you, you got to have this, this have resolve, man. You, you know, I, I used to, when I was in high school, uh, when we lost the game, I used to cry. But, but I, I, I promise the Lord I, I won't cry anymore because I'm going I'm to give you 100% on every play, every practice, <laughs> every play. And then uh, that changed my attitude. So uh, you got to have some resolve. You know, Sometimes when you have goals and aspirations, they don't come true. And then you just got to figure out why first. You got to know why and what you need to do to correct yourself during the offseason and go back to work, man. Donnie, one of the things that is so significant in your career was the fact that you were part of the, probably the, one of the greatest legendary classes of draftees and signees. Uh, you got four Hall of Fame members uh, from from one class as far as drafted, but you were the fifth. And finally, we we're so grateful that in 2020 you became yeah. a member of that Hall of Fame, baby. But the fact is you got five Hall of Famers from one year. I, I can't even begin to understand how, how the Steelers were able to pull that draft off. Uh, it, it was it was a special draft. Uh, uh, like like John when it, John Starr went in the fourth round, and, and I was a I was an undrafted free agent. Um, I mean, I think they had Bill Narnos and everybody was there. Did a great job of looking for talent, and uh, you know you never know who, who's going to be where, uh, what school they come from. It really it really didn't matter to Chuck Knowles. He just want to know do you get one hundred percent. And and you can't make a whole lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> he did not tolerate that very well, did he? 
Uh, no, that was a, a, a thorn in his side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donnie, you know, I, I mean, looking back on your career, and like like Wolf said, I mean, having all of these Hall of Famers, but, you know, obviously you don't realize it. That's more of a post-career type of honor. I mean, how was it <clears throat> in practice? How was it, especially on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, the competition, the communication, like you said, Chuck Noll didn't tolerate mistakes. But I felt like there was also a level of player accountability on the, those side of the balls. Like when you talk to those guys, you know, talk, talking to a Dwight White and talking to an L.C. Greenwood um, and Mel Blunt, like how was that player accountability and how did you guys hold yourselves to a standard even more so than what Chuck Noll could hold you to? Yeah, I, th- I think it comes down to the players. You know, the coaches have his philosophy, but I think the players have to carry it out. And we, 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 our, our practices were so intense and competitive that we didn't have a problem with, with games because if, you, if, you, if I can cover John Sowers and Lynn Swan, uh, uh, Benny Cunningham and Larry, and Larry Brown at tight ends in, in practice, uh, I thought I could cover anybody in the National Football League. And I didn't want people catching any passes uh, on me, and they, they didn't want us <laughs> to stop them. So it, it, it got kind of competitive. Very much so. Now, let me ask you this. Let's put you in today's shoes. You're sitting there. you got to cover Travis Kelsey. All right? He's got, what, 11-year guy? He's got uh, 23 catches and 262 yards, three TDs, and three postseason games this year. Donnie, you're out there. Strong state. How do you cover him? I, I would not cover him from an off coverage. I would always bump and run him. And, and that, that restricts the quarterback timing and does a lot of things to him in coming off the line of scrimmage. He just can't sit back there and I'm going to play off. I, it, it, that's the worst thing you can do is to play off of a, a very talented uh, tight end like that. you got to get in, disrupt him, disrupt the timing of the quarterback, and make him go somewhere else. No, absolutely. And I think, Donnie, you know, the rules have changed a little bit. You know, I, I think the tight end has become that weapon because they changed that five-yard, you know, kind of halo rule where after five yards, you can't redirect them. How tough is that for a safety, especially if you're filling in the box off of a play action or something and you're not after five yards, I can't touch that guy. I mean, how tough is that from a safety perspective, especially when you have some of those late fills or, or you're dropping down, you know, to be in that curl flat area? So that so that those guys don't have that safety blanket. Oh well, uh, it's, it's definitely tougher, a uh, tougher coverage than than when I first came in the league. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, 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 Wolf, that that's that's the male blunt rule. Male change, male blunt change that rule. <laughs> yeah. We played Dallas in the Super Bowl in '76. But anyway, but it's, it's a lot tougher coverage. But you got to adapt with the times. If that's what the coverage called for, then you got to do the best you can to get your hands on and and disrupt them and let him go after the five. So, uh, you, you know, you can't touch him a, a, after that. So you just got to uh, play within the rules. And, um, you know, sometimes you tug on the jersey a little bit, so you kind of hold it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a true master right there giving a description of it. Donnie, I got to ask you one last thing, because I, I know you're on a timeline. We're going to let you go. I promised you I'd get you out of here by 1030. But I, I, I got to ask you, how did you make the transition from a linebacker in South Carolina State to safety for the Steelers? It seems like two different worlds. Yeah, uh, Coach Willie Jeffers came in my senior year at South Carolina State with the head coach, and he, he brought um, – I forget what the coach's name was, but um, he, he he put in the 4-3 defense, Wolf. Bud Carson? And, and then my and my coach, I forget his name oh. right now, uh, he, he played with the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. And he brought in the 4-3 pro-type defense and all the coverages uh, uh, we put in the ran from the 4-3. Uh, some of the Cincinnati old coverages and stuff, so um, so it made it pretty easy for me because I think you know, I played basketball and and baseball, football, and ran track in high school. So it, it related man to man covering guys related kind of like man to man in basketball for me. So I, I just translated. That's why I think you need to play a lot of different sports uh, today because it helped me make that transition to safety. That's excellent, and brother. I promised you out at 10.30. I'm getting you out at 10.30, but I love you. I thank you for all you've been in my life. You've poured, helped to pour life 
into me as a young rookie, I remember. And I thank you always for the time spent with you. It's always been a pleasure. Thank you, my brother. Yeah, thank, thank you, Wolf. Love you too, man. Love you, love you, Max. You guys have a great show. Continue the good work. Thank you so much. Right, Appreciate it. And that is one of the all-time greats. Man, oh, man, I get, I still get tingles because, well, if you had been on the receiving end of a Donnie Shell hit like I have, uh, you, yeah, you still get yeah, tingles you when you – you know, <laughs> <laughs> That one up at training camp when I was leading on a sweep and he came up and he T-boned me and launched me to the one hop to the feet of Chuck Knoll. <laughs> I remember Chuck looking down at me, and he goes, it's not very impressive, young man. And all I could think of in between the stars I was seeing after Donnie laid me out was thinking, you didn't see the hit? Boy, that was – I thought it was impressive. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Trust, trust, trust me. Trust me, Coach. I know from this end where you're at, but listen, <laughs> living through that car wreck, you know, it was uh, – it was more than enough. It was more than enough. We're good. We're oh. good here. Nothing to see here. Next play. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, think about this. 51 interceptions Dude, in a day and age. A when the, quarterback, the quarterbacks were only throwing 20 times a game, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really impressive. I mean, I mean, could you imagine in today's NFL how many interceptions Donnie Show would have? Oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know? I and mean, in the he, hit is he a, would have an exorbitant amount. Could you imagine Donnie Shell and um, and Troy Polamalu in the same defensive secondary? Oh wow, no, nope, can't even do that because oh. because once again you never see a ball in the air in the middle of the field. It would, it, you know, it, it would. I guess I, I guess I can make this comment now. It, it, are we statute of limitation? Is it over with, Wes? We got uh, that. Yeah, lawyer Wes says it's fine. Okay. All right. I'll check with our legal like team Canada real quick. Offense. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it looked like a Matt Canada offense every week. Oh. oh they no. wouldn't throw it in the middle of the field. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Boom. Boom. I did it. I did it. You I went did there. it. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. But, Get you know, there. you think That's about that. In one draft class, you got Swan, Stallworth, Jack Lambert. Uh, Mike Webster and Donnie Shell. I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. That that type of uh, grouping of, of Hall of him. Famers to be. Wow. Well, and Donnie was an undrafted free agent. Think about that gold mine find. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean that 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 just puts the icing on the cake. It's like the fact that all of you had multiple opportunities in the league to take this guy, and you didn't. And we were able to swoop in, sign him, and boom, he's got a bronze bust in Canton, and he'll live on forever. Oh, man, poo -poo yes. Poo-poo on you, other 27 NFL teams, because it was back in 28 teams, right? Yeah. Was 28 yep. teams in the league? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was okay. when I first came in the league. Sure, want, want to make, yeah, I want to make sure my historical math was correct. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, – it's phenomenal to think about that. Um, and then just his, his – and also his faith, right? I mean, such a oh, strong godly man, godly man, believer in God, um, and he brings that everywhere. You know, I, I had the pleasure. I've d I've done some events with Donnie. Yeah, uh, we went to Mexico, mm -hmm. did a football camp down there, and just getting to spend time with him because normally, you know, when the when the when the uh, Steelers legends would come back and they talked to us when we back when we were rookies, it was a roundtable type discussion, mm -hmm. open forum. And then you wouldn't really have any other time, you know, with them afterwards. But, you know, when you're you're going to these events, you're riding in the van together. You know, I, I was blessed. I had Rocky and Donnie with me. Mm, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> just tell the stories on the bus rides and then sitting <laughs> at breakfast, at dinner, you know, and just, just laughing and telling stories. And, uh, you know, we had Bud Dupree and Terrell Edmonds also with us. So just those guys just looking wide-eyed, right, you know, listening – to these di to to these legends and Super Bowl champs and Hall of Famer, you know, tell these stories. Um, it, it's a very unique situation in Pittsburgh that you have that many people to draw from that can pour life into you, that can share their experiences. You can have those personal conversations because more often than not, they've been through them. They understand that perspective, and they're still a teammate to this day. I think that that's what that's what's really special, really separates the Steelers from a lot of other organizations in all of professional sports, not just football, 
but all of professional sports and why they are held to a gold standard um, for a lot of teams. And that's why you see, you know, so many branches from the Steelers tree, right? When you're talking about going and becoming parts of other organizations, you know, former minority owners becoming, you know, majority owners in other places is because of the foundational, um, you know, cornerstones that they have within this organization that it's more than just the team of now. It's you lend yourself from the history of those teams and you let the stories of the past, you know, breathe life into the future as well. You know, the thing about Donnie that I, I remember so distinctly, you know, you, you talk about a godly man. He follows hard after Jesus, as do I. And I, I remember when my dad passed away uh, in training camp, my uh, third year in the league, and I remember um, Donnie saying to me when I came back, because it was during training camp, and I immediately went up and then turned right around and came back after and uh, came back to camp. And I remember Donnie, the first thing he did was, he said, Wolfie, he said, come on over here, let me pray for you. Just prayed for and just you know when you talk about accountability to teammates sometimes sometimes you got to get a little muddy in your teammates life because there's there's life issues that are going on behind the scenes you know that's what I'm talking about when you got leadership like you call them the locker room elders you know that come along and speak into your life that sit down with you and tell you or share with you their experiences that really pull you in you know what i mean and really kind of give you something to 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 hang on to you know is you know losing my dad at that age was a young guy you know what i'm talking about it's hard um yeah the uh you know the suddenly to become the man in the family and got to watch over your siblings and your mom you know take care of that it's it's a it's something that I wasn't quite ready for, but you know I had enough of the locker room elders around me that could speak into my life, and I could ask questions, and they would share. And there was, it it's just a way of um you know uh, culti- of cultivating that that culture in the locker room that is uh, you know caring about your teammates. No, absolutely, Wolf, and I think you know one of the biggest things when you're talking about successful locker rooms or successful teams, you know. Uh, having those elders, veterans um, in that room and those guys being able to ingratiate themselves with the younger guys. Right. Um, And that relatability. And like you said, you know, helping establish and bridging the gap between the, the, the young guy and the older guy and knowing that you're not in this alone. Like, you know, we are here as you know to a to a lesser degree like a hive mind you know we've all been through different things you're you know the the whole thing you're not unique in your life experiences you know they're unique to you because you're going through them at this time but that doesn't mean that nobody else has gone through those in their in their lifetime or gone through similar circumstances right or those shared experiences being able to be relayed almost like you know, tribal stories around the around the fire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like s- not no. everything's written. Some things is an oral history yeah. and an oral experience where That's you can share true. and impart that knowledge. You know, it, it's a special thing. And successful organizations have that pipeline. They have that consistency. And like you said, bringing your legends around and your former players to be a part of the current team in a sense where you have access, you know, we could, I mean, how many guys do we see up at training camp? They're just sitting there at the, at the dining hall, yeah. you know, um, and the ability to walk up and ask a question, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, Hey, can I, can I sit with you guys? And guys are available. I mean, I can't tell you how invaluable it is. If I'm a, if I'm a safety and seeing Minka Fitzpatrick and Mel Blunt talking, how cool is that? Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yes. Like it, it's something that does not happen. Ryan Clark comes in, and you got the entire defensive backfield over there talking to Ryan. You know, it, it's it's a special situation <laughs> when you have that opportunity to do that because not everywhere has that. Not everywhere grants that access to 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 that to quote unquote the network or the knowledge bank that is Steelers history. Exactly so. You know, the funny part was, it just occurred to me, I, I posed the question, what would you think about Donnie Shell and Troy Palomalo in the same defensive backfield? We are like, awesome, right? Now I'm thinking, well, it was pretty yeah. close because we had Ryan Clark. 
Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, RC definitely embodied, you know, the spirit of the human torpedo. Yeah, I was about to say the memory and and the skill set of the human because. RC has some legendary hits. I mean, oh. we. I mean, I. I mean, when you say RC, I can't help but think about the Willis McGahee AFC Championship. Who, uh, well, exactly so, and that's just one of a number of legendary hits that, uh, oh. that Ryan Clark had. Yeah, he has laid out some dudes in his career, and it, it is just so. Yeah, well, you're talking about. Okay, we did. We we did see the light version of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because RC definitely played. With a with a disregard for his own body, yeah, um, or and anybody else, creating maximum <laughs> carnage. Um, you know, every time he had he 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 had he had to leave his feet or make a play. It was, you were gonna feel it. <laughs> it's gonna leave a mark somewhere. That's for sure. All right, let's yeah. take a break now. It was oh, so man. good to talk to Donnie Shell and, and uh, boy, boy, I'd love. We'll have to get him back next year too for a little extended conversation at some point in time. But that's one of the segments we want to have is our teammates, our pals. And I know that the Max, hopefully, maybe we can get uh, Trey Essex in before the end of the uh, show here tomorrow. But certainly I'll say this. Stick around because we got more coming at you live from the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back inside the locker room. Uh, We've gotten off to a great start here. Um, Donnie Shell, last segment, and Berea Tacos from Mike at Moe's. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I guess I should say great uh, segment for you guys, not for, not for me. Welcome uh, to Moe's. Yeah, how about that? I like that. Welcome to Moe's. Huh? I, I don't yeah. I don't quite have the the, the 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 accent to it or whatever. Is it welcome the, 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 welcome the bigger, to Moe's? The bigger, I don't get it. Welcome to Moe's. So Wolf, when you when you <laughs> walk into a Moe's <clears throat> no, restaurant, I, no, I, I, oh, okay. I I've experienced that okay. number okay. numerous times, okay. but when I I can't get the quite like you you seem to have the arc on welcome it. Welcome to Moe's. Okay, yeah. See, I, I I don't have that, Max. I'm not, I'm not getting that down. So you think about kind of like leaning over and like almost falling back as you're saying the phrase. Okay. Welcome yeah. to Moe's. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yay. All I need to there do is picture go. falling backwards. Oh. Yeah. yeah, there it is. And look, you got all the <laughs> – yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we see feet up in the air for the segment, I would have been like, ah, oh, terrible, terrible explanation, Max. But – uh. <laughs> Gosh! Way to put. Yeah, you know, you're over, pulling right. stunts on the on the geriatric old man on the show here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice well, the guy. good thing is I also know I also know how how small that space is. So <laughs> if anything, your back would hit the wall and you'd bounce back forward. So there you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough space to fall down in, in, in that in that room. Uh, but there there was some interesting NFL news, and I thought it appropriate to talk about it because I think it's something that has a global kind of view of the sport of football in general and you know what as we have the senior bowl going down this you know this week and practices are live on NFL Network so you could see the American and the national teams practicing Um, I thought it was very interesting this is something that normally doesn't happen um, especially this late in quote-unquote the coaching cycle Um, but Jeff Halfley, who was uh, most recently the head coach of Boston College, okay. an ACC team that, you know, speaking of Pitt, um, he went, he, uh, Matt LaFleur hired him as the team's defensive coordinator. Um, and a sitting head coach leaving a post in college to go to the NFL is, you know, is, is a rarity. It, it, you know, more likely it's like you're fired or there's something that happens and you, you get called as soon as the season ends. And that's usually the interview for another head coaching job. But, you know, Jeff Halfley <clears throat> took the job, uh, was offered it by Matt LaFleur when they were figuring out how they wanted to move going forward. And, you know, I thought more so than anything else, outside of just the surprise of pulling a, a sitting head coach from college, but it's what Jeff Halfley said that was even more poignant 
and kind of gave you a sense of, you know, what's going on at the collegiate level, you know, before these young men make it mm-hmm. to the league. And so one of the things that he was that he was talking about was, you know, he wanted – here's what he's – and this was his direct quote. I wanted to get back to coaching football. He's like, college coaching nowadays does not have enough coaching and there's more fundraising than coaching going on. Oh my. And I just wanted to get back to coaching. And wow. I was like, wow, that speaks volumes, right? Because that's, that is the question. I've always wondered that. And you kind of insinuate it, but to then get verified words and corroboration on your thoughts from somebody who was in this and probably had a tight lip while he was a head coach, but now the chains are off, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, he he's he's able to speak his mind about this because he's now at a different level. And it made me think about just some of the other guys. Yeah. You know, at the collegiate level are guys that want to stay in the pros versus going down and taking a college job. I mean, you think of the exit of a Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. uh, from Michigan. You think about the, re- the, the retirement of a Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of makes you go, hmm, interesting, right? Right. Um, what are your thoughts about, you know, college, you know, level? I mean, this this is the era of NIL transfer portals. We have a we have a a second or late signing day, which I don't get why they call it late. Um, this was this was the signing day back when I was coming out of college. Um, but the late signing day will happen next Wednesday during Super Bowl week, right? Because uh, I'll be covering that out in Vegas. Um, but a head coach leaving it this late in the game, right? You've already had one signing class in December. You're now in February about to sign your last signing class. And, you know, you finished up transfer portal stuff until the spring. But how different is it now at the collegiate level versus the pro level, you know, not only for a head coach, but just for any coach? You know, this is interesting, Max. This is a great topic that you brought up. And uh, I'll look at this and I think to myself – how 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 the collegiate landscape has changed. You know, Wes just pointed out, you know, college football was the same for, I don't know, 150 years or something, right? But then all of a sudden, in the last eight years, six years, things have ramped up and moved in, in college ball so crazily that you've got head coaches that now, I want to coach, I don't want to fundraise. I want to coach, I don't want to re-recruit every class that I bring in. I want to coach, and I want to coach so bad that I heard one guy say that the, the possibility of seeing college coaches jumping to the pros, even in a quality control position, just to get out of the college ranks and into the pros, is worthwhile to them. That's amazing to me. Yeah, no, it, it's an intriguing factor because when you do think about it, how much more daunting is it when you have to go on the road recruiting, you know, during a season, right. in the springtime, but to find new talent. But then you have to be worried about other teams poaching your current talent. And, you know, one of the funny stories that came out <clears throat> in the last week or so uh, Jed Fish, new coach at Washington, you know, takes the Washington job after it becomes available after after their head coach takes the Alabama job after Nick Saban retires. Okay. Um, Jed Fish is tra- – and, and one of his players from Arizona now wanted to come to Washington, wanted to jump ship, wanted to follow his coach. Listen, I'm all aboard for that, right? You know, when you sign up for a job in the collegiate level – you know, or you're agreeing to go play for this school, you are signing with a coach. <clears throat> That's essentially, you know, when it comes to signing day and making decisions, it's a coach that usually endears you to want to come play for him. Right. Like, that's the buy-in. That's the first buy-in. And now, you know, players – so I don't blame this player for wanting to go follow Coach, coach Fish to Washington. And the funny thing, his agent – or his brand marketing specialist, however you want to call that, it's an agent, um, is negotiating with Washington and tells him that, how much money you got for my guy to come over there? <laughs> this is the craziness of what's happening. Yeah. It's not about, hey, how are your academic standards? What's his class is going to be like? 
what is life living up, you know, up there in Washington? You know, he's coming from Arizona, which is sunny year-round, no snow. Right. Going to a place that's going to snow and going to be bitter weather. You know, how is it? How is all it? No, no, no. How much are you going to pay? And then on top of that, the agent doesn't have enough wherewithal to realize that Jed Fish was the head coach of Arizona. So the guy says, you know, he was making more at Air- at University of Arizona. Mm. He was making about fifty to 80000 more. And I'm like, you realize Jed Fish can go look at what number that kid got in the NIL deal. Mm-hmm. And the dude had overshot it by $82,000. Oh, wow. What the player was making, trying to negotiate. So needless to say, that player is not at University of Washington. He yeah. is still at University of Arizona as a student. <laughs> but – it's just – it's crazy to me that, that that's what's happening now for 18-, 19-, 20-year-old kids. We're not talking about – this isn't the NFL, right? No. This isn't post-combine. This isn't a post-draft negotiation, free agency. No. This is – if I jump in this portal, are you going to, A, pick me up, and how much are you going to pay me to, to be at your place? That's what's crazy. And Coach Affley said, no, nah, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I'm tired of having to – Recruit, re-recruit my own kids year right. after year to keep them on staff, and then having to go try and recruit this new talent, and all they care about is how much money you're going to give them. They don't care about anything else, academic standards, location, nothing. What's the dollar amount? Oh, man. And that can wear on you, right? That, yep. that can wear on you. If you're a coach that's like, hey, you know, when I signed you here, we had we had a plan for you to be, you know, two, three, four years, maybe even five years down the road. And building something. You can't build with that. And think about Boston College, especially when you think like the landscape of the ACC, right? right. Boston College is scraping by. You know, this is more of an academic institution right. than it is right. a, a sports institution. Yeah, they have some talent that comes out, you know, every couple of years, but it's it's not Alabama. No. It's not even Clemson or FSU, no. right? And you're competing with It's not with even Syracuse, baby. <laughs> not, even, not even the Q's. That's not right. even the orange people. <laughs> Right? That's, that's that a hockey PC school word? there, Boston College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, hockey so, it, it, so could you imagine one – it's like who would want those mid-level jobs? Like you said, you'd have more guys coming in and say, hey, I at least want to come to a quality control position because at least it's doing what my job description says. Yeah. Like I want to be a football coach. Right. I don't want to be a sports fundraiser. I don't want to be a guy that's begging our boosters – to put more money in so we can retain talent on an annual basis. Like, that's why Nick – I believe that's why Nick Saban retired, right? Because, I, would, I would imagine. Yeah, you just lose the you just lose the Rose Bowl, right? And the next day, you got eight players talking about, hey, coach, I need more money. Yeah. Or I'm going somewhere else. Somebody else offered me more money. I'm that's go ridiculous. There. Absolutely You have eight ridiculous. guys jumping in the portal a day after the game. Mm. So – it, it is very intriguing. It's going to be one that, you know, the NCAA has to come up with something. And I know it's not going to be the body itself. It'll be more so the conferences that will have to make these type of decisions or regulations in place. But it, it's it's very disheartening when you think about the game that we all love watching, and, and, and you know, on Saturdays, and that Saturday pastime leads to a Sunday obsession. But the fact that it's changing so drastically that you have a head coach jumping ship – I don't think this is going to be the first. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg for years to come that you're going to see guys wanting to get it. And you know what that's going to do for the NFL? That's going to flood the talent gates. Yeah. And you're not going to see more of the same rinse and repeat recycle coaches. You're going to start seeing new blood come in. And especially with the way that the NFL likes to hire younger guys now. I mean, look at Mike McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look, at, look at what you're getting with that. Because everybody thought it was going to be Tan Quinn's job. That's Dan. Man, Seattle, what he did there, time served? Nah. They're like, nah, we saw we saw what happened in Atlanta. We also saw what happened with with the, with the Cowboys in that in that wild card game where you made Green Bay pretty much, you know, the best team and and the bees needs for a week because they just ran through you guys. These so it, it's very it's very it's very intriguing max one more angle for you guys real quick and i know we got a break but you know since this is boston college specific right one thing that i yeah. think college football programs like the florida gators right and, and ohio state and notre dame and michigan and georgia and, and onward they're gonna be all right 
But it is the programs like Boston College that might not ever be the same in this new era. And I think in a way that affects the NFL too cuz think of a guy like Luke Keekley, <coughs> right? He was not a yeah. fi- he was not a Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Texas recruit coming out of high school. He went to Boston College, but he was there, he played for 4 years. He was coached for 4 years, stayed in the program, grew in the program, ended up being a first round draft pick and then one of the best linebackers, arguably the best linebacker of his generation. What happens to the Luke Keekleys of the world that aren't the five-star recruits if they That's don't have programs question. like Boston College where they can go and receive high-level coaching and high-level play still? Uh, it's It's got a real ripple effect, all this stuff. Well, and I think I think you look at it also, where's the Pac-12? Oh, right. that's right. right. They're no longer a conference. <laughs> right. and, this, and this is the starting process of crumbling that, right? I mean, it's it's – you're seeing even with these new with these new conference realignments and, and the and the money deals, I mean the lion's share went to the Big Ten and went to the SEC. Yep. ACC and Big Twelve got crumbs. Yep. So you know just to say there for every Boston college, you also have to think of Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. You have to think of a UCF. Yeah, like W you like WVU West, and Pitt. West you know, Virginia. programs yeah, like Virginia. WVU and yeah. Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are a journalism school. It's okay. Y'all will be fine. Um, <laughs> Isaac's, a guy like Isaac Sayamalu who had the opportunity to go to Oregon State to play in the Pac-12, receive high-level right. coaching. Grow, I mean, what happens to a guy like that now if he doesn't get a scholarship offer to Oregon, you know, or to, or to yeah. USC? Where does he go? What's the coaching like? Did you say Oregon? Yeah. Oregon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It sounds, sounds like a body part, not yeah. a school. Um, <laughs> just, just put it out there. Sounds like a body part. Not yeah, a that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Going <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't yeah. get an Oregon State and he doesn't get an Oregon, I mean, where's he go to? The Oregon yeah. donors. If he doesn't have an Oregon, I mean, what? Yeah, where's that donor list? It's pretty at, hard guys? to be an offensive lineman without your organs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but I think, but I think that that is the question, right? And how how long can you do that? Because, like I said, I mentioned the FSU's and the Clemson's of the world. But like you said, where's a University of Virginia, a Heath Miller type, yep. right? Right, perfect. You know, what about a Miami wh- of Ohio? You know, we better pick this yes. up on the other side of the hour because yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you lead off Let's the break. next one. We're back. We're, to normal. we're leading. We're leading into the into, into the power. Look at Wolf hour. producing I break. it. Break. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at that. Somebody's got to be an adult here. Oh, you can't bring up college yeah, exactly. football and not get, can't expect me <laughs> to not going lose nuts. the plot. Yeah, West, Wesley, exactly. he, his eyes light up like, like when I see a cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're going to light up like a cherry pie while while you guys eat some more Berea tacos from Moe's. And we'll be back with more inside the locker room here on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and SNR Radio. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 